Double M on the X joining me now back in studio. He is the constructor and conductor of DKPittsburghSports.com. He is uh, serving reactionary day on Kovacevic. Day on, what do you think of the Toynbee idea in the movie 2001 to resurrect the dead on planet Jupiter? Uh, <laughs> I have no idea. Well, I, I, I signed to Crowley. He's got he to look okay, it up. Okay, better him than me. No, that no. sounds right up Crowley's alley, actually. I need an opinion by next week. Now, got it. What's your take on Steeler Free Agency? First off, why hasn't Juju been signed yet? I figured he'd be long gone, and he's gone silent on social media. Well, there's been some discussion today uh, around the football world that wide receivers in general are seeing themselves as more valuable than they are. They're the new running back. Not quite that, but what you're seeing, if you think about it, it makes sense. The NFL draft in recent years has been loaded. We've heard it repeatedly, and we definitely saw it play out last year with so many wide receivers. And the same is the case this year. And the same is the case this year. Remember that Chase Claypool was supposed to be uh, right out of the top ten, and there were supposed to be top. There were ten great wide receivers, and then Claypool. Claypool obviously ended up being pretty good himself. Uh, when you have a lot of those things, they tend to become less valuable. That's true in any walk of life, and I think that's what we're seeing right now. Do you think there's any way he comes back at a cheap price? I mean, I think it's possible, but then when you look at some of these moves that they've made over the last 24, 36 hours, guys that they've let walk, the fact that they haven't restructured people, it's it's really kind of curious, a lot of it in my eyes, that I wonder what the heck is going on, and I want, I have wondered in the back of my mind here, if they weren't doing this in some way, shape, or form to try to bring him back. Not that I'd be in favor of that, but I'm just saying. Oh, no, I, I don't think so. I don't think they need him. I think they have an upper receiver. I think You never know, Mark, what would have been discussed as it relates to Ben. You never know. Well, I think they're tired of his shenanigans, too, and I think that's one reason it's kept him unsigned. Not not a big reason, not nearly the biggest. The one that bit. throws me off with everything is a Lulu. I, I, I just don't get that one. Well, I, let, let's speak in the big picture first okay. because... The Steelers lost a lot of guys, especially on defense. Yes. And some are claiming they mismanaged the cap, but I don't think so. I think they didn't win enough these past 10 years when they borrowed against tomorrow, but I think they played the cap pretty good. It's just that the bill came due, as it always does, yeah, they for set, every team. They set themselves up, the Steelers did, and this is to their credit for a big 2020. And you know what? They won their first 11 games, and then a whole lot of things went wrong, headlined by Bud Dupree going down, after which they'd go 1-5 and five without Bud. Uh they they made clear, Art Rooney made clear after the season that if he had his preference, he would just find a way to keep that team together. That was his way of saying, look, you know, we had our opportunity. We didn't right. do it. Right. And as a result, we're gonna look over everything. So they're taking they're taking their time and seeing who might have been, you know, maybe more replaceable than what they thought. And and I say this with immense respect to Vince Williams. But this is a guy that that, that, that example jumps out at me. Where Can't they cover. Say, Can't cover. Where they say, listen, we're going to have Devin Bush back, and we think that Robert Spillane can handle the Vinny role. You see what I'm saying? And then yeah, Vinny he, becomes. He, he can't cover either, but he's cheaper anyway. Well, but he might not have to cover with, with Devin Bush going sideline to You always got to cover. No, you know what I'm it's saying. It's that kind though. of league. You always got to cover. It is, but you can also you can structure your defense a little bit differently, too. Well, no, no, that's a good point. And, and that brings me to my next. Uh, my next uh, point about the defense, they lost four starters, yes. including cutting Vince Williams, but all their really important guys except for Dupree are back. Yeah, that's that's been a point that I've been making as well in writing. Where I, I see that you got to look at 
snap counts for these guys, uh, including, I might add, nose tackle. As much as I hate losing a Lulu because they don't have a replacement only, for him. But only one-third of the time was he in there. That's how little they used the nose tackle. And uh, when Hargrave left, they replaced him very easily with a Lulu. I just don't think it's a position where all that much quality is required. I think you just have to be big and know how to play it. You're right, but they're still going to have to go to the outside, and that's my problem with it. Because Oh, yeah, Isaiah Bugs ain't the guy. No. Neither is Carlos Davis. These are guys that are more natural defensive tackles and not nose tackles slash plugger types. They're going to have to go to the outside. So if you're going to have to go to the outside, and all Alualu got was two years and six million, you could have just kept him. You could have found a way to keep him. Yeah, uh, maybe, but maybe they feel he's replaceable, just like like Hargrave. Maybe. They don't think much of the position. I know that's a point you make a lot, and I happen to share. Uh, Turning to the other side of the ball, they gave Zach Banner a $3.25 million signing bonus, and otherwise his contract's not bad, but that's still a big chunk right uh, out of the box to a guy who started exactly two games. Uh, Why do they like the guy so much? Well, they saw, and their scouts and their evaluators, the people that you never hear from uh, except for behind the scenes, they loved his work in training camp last year. They didn't expect yeah, and, and him. And he won the job, and I get that. But he wanted that's America. a lot of money for a guy who started two games. It is. Uh, he's also got some skills that are repeatable, such as being enormous, such as being ferocious out there and being passionate. Well, hell, I'm enormous. <laughs> well, let's see how you can handle the pull block there, Madden. He's he's. He's got. I might have lasted more than one game. He's got. Yeah, well, the, 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 no, the, I would not. The, tur- have. the turf got him there at East Rutherford. But Zach Banner's going to be a good player. I don't know about a good left tackle. Let's let's see what he's got. He's going to have to prove it. What he did win last year was the right tackle job. Left is a whole different world when you're protecting a quarterback. Well, blindside. let's stay with that. Who will the Steelers' offensive line be next year from left to right? Because I still think they might draft a tackle in the first round. And I and I hear. That they're still talking to Villanueva, although I can't imagine. No, 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 no. They're not bringing Alley back. Not after, not after signing Banner. It, it, you're looking at, you're looking at Zach Banner at the left, Kevin Dotson at left, left tackle, Kevin Dotson at left guard. I still don't know at center. I mean, if there was a game tomorrow, it would be B.J. Finney, but I don't know about that. Believe it or not, Mark, I don't know about David DeCastro. I'm just telling you. Just what do you remember, mean? Remember where you heard that? that there, there's, there's a sentiment within the organization that maybe he won't be around. In some form. Oh, wouldn't he have decided by now? It's not about him. Oh, okay. Well, he's not played well for two he years. He has not played well for two years, and there's but, but a But who school... jumps in there? Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. And right tackle would be Chooks. Um, so That's not a great line. It's not a great line. And even if it were uh, like a really talented line and one that was more energetic and would be more invested in run blocking, which, by the way, Dave wasn't, uh, you still have that whole gelling and chemistry thing to deal with and a 39-year-old quarterback. We're talking today, John Kovacevic here on 105. The next, he's brought to you by your neighborhood Ford stores. Uh, turning out of the Penguins, what's your take on that hit by Tanev? It's almost not worthy of discussing. You know, it, it's like when you see that, when you see the, the one shot in particular where he hits Jared Tenorti to the front, uh, Tenorti is off one skate. He's balanced on his left blade as he's dumping the puck in, which means all of his body motion and momentum are invested in his upper body while he's gliding on one skate. It's a very unfortunate outcome, and I don't say that maliciously. Uh, you don't want to see anybody oh, no, get hurt like that. I don't, don't like want to see anybody get hurt, but I, 
I think he was 10 feet away from the boards, which takes away the notion of boarding, the definition of more, boarding. More. The contact was between those two ads. It was more right. than, it was like 15 feet. You know who was closer to the boards, Mark? Malkin. When Tenorti hit him cleanly. Yeah, that was, to me, just as awkward a hit. And I'm not even sure that was... But Gino was on both feet. ...of a penalty. So, yeah, no, yeah. It, it it all just... I, I, I You know, if they would have called a minor penalty, I would not have been outraged. But I don't think it's a penalty at all, and neither did they, because neither referee had his arm in the air for a delayed penalty, and I think they called the injury, and they called the yes. Bruins' reaction. Francois Saint Laurent, the referee, uh, who was about 20 feet away, watching super slow-mo, his right arm doesn't even flinch. And Mark, you know what I'm talking about from yep, refereeing. Yep. Sometimes your arm just kind of goes like this a little bit. When you're thinking about making a call, you put it back. His arm doesn't even flinch. You know what ended up happening? Those refs decided that they wanted the replay review. You know what I'm saying here? The only way you can get it is if you call a major. They call a major, they put it in Toronto's hands. Toronto thinks, well, we don't want to overrule the guys on the ice. They called a major. So they go along with it. It's just a bad, bad call. Uh, the Penguins killed that five-minute major, but, but having to do that has an effect beyond the power play, I think. And when you stir in the Tanner's objective and Malkin had left the game already, that uh, I don't want to say that call lost the game. It but did. I, it did. Yeah, that's not a stretch to say, no. is it? Did you see the last 60 seconds who, who Mike Sullivan was forced to have on the rink because there was no stoppage? Well, and the good players who were still available, like Tanger and Sid, were exhausted. Because they went out, Sid's shift, those guys, the main guys well, went Sid, out there. Sid with, went out on the PK. With, right, with, but I'm talking about late in the end of the third period, Mark. End of the, third, the end of regulation when the Penguins were trying desperately to tie, and by the way, almost did. Uh, Sid's line went out with two minutes and change left. Sullivan never had a chance to stop the clock after that. And so for his final 60 seconds, he's got Sam Lafferty out there. He's got Evan Rodriguez at left point, which, by the way, is the reason that the puck came out. Sid went around the boards, and Rodriguez didn't know he was supposed to be over there on the left point, and out it goes. Uh, it very much lost the game. What if Malkin is out long-term along with Bluger? What do the Penguins do? Well, first thought is I don't believe that Malkin will be. When you see him come back for another shift... I don't you know think what I mean? so either, but let's play the what-if game. Uh, what-if game is, oh no, because now you're bumping Mark Jankowski up the depth chart, and that's some scary territory. Well, I think McCann becomes the second-line center because he's close to returning. He is. He is, and, and, and ideally McCann would be available as soon as tomorrow in Newark. But so... Yeah, and if you have Because it wouldn't shock me even if it's a minor injury if Gino missed a game. Here's what ends up happening. I think in that event, if you have McCann, uh, well, you, you mean just to be safe? Yes. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Not that you don't need these points against the Devils. You but desperately you need, need them. Yes. But if you can carve out a second line, if you think about this, when you've watched Kasperi Kapitan this season, have you seen how well he fits in with grinders? Oh, no, he's great. Isn't that neat? I mean, he, he, he actually feeds off having guys at the net. Which, by the way, was how the Penguins got their goal last night. It was well, capping they're, and they're, shot they're it. They're doing something he doesn't really care to do, to be blunt. Exactly. But he the, he's also doing stuff that they can't do. They don't right. have that God-given right. ability. So he gets the puck to the net. I think if you have McCann, uh, Kapanen, and let's throw someone else on that line. Whoever. Maybe maybe Rodriguez. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because he's... If he, you don't feel you got to move him into center. He seems... You don't. You don't. He seems comfortable with the top six guys, even if he's not necessarily a fit there. He doesn't He doesn't act like, like he's out of place or gosh well, wild. Well, you're not for making a trade if Gino's out, are you? Because I don't see the Penguins, no matter what they say, as truly being in win-now mode. Because after the last two playoffs, I don't think they should be. I mean, I think you have to pay... 
I think you got to split the difference is yeah. a good way to put it. I don't think you burn it down, but I don't think you trade a draft pick for like Eric no, Stahl, no, no. which See, we're seeing mooted on Twitter by all the GMs. Yeah, I think I think where where you and I haven't been aligned on this topic is that I think you see these trades as all having to be Jim Rutherford trades, and and they don't. Oh no, I don't at all. In if, fact, in fact, I I'm a big Jim fan. Mm-hmm. I'm glad Hexy's there now because he's more likely to play the long game. But the long game can involve a certain type of short game. Uh, think about this. Let's be real here. You can oh, replace. If I could trade a fifth round pick for Eric Stahl and do that, but you don't even know that you have to do that. You can, you can, you can get a better player than Mark Jankowski off the waivers every other day. I mean that, that I'm not that, that's I, not being I mean. Could, I could drive the Ice Castle Rink in Castle <laughs> Shannon and there'd be a 50-50 chance I could find somebody better. So that those are the kinds of moves that I think you can make within now those obviously are there's cap numbers involved in that and roster numbers there's a roster limit of 50. You have to watch all that stuff. But you know who I would have brought back? Dominic Simone. Yeah, I would have too. Can yeah. he still did somebody pick him up? He he cleared waivers and so he's he remains Calgary property. Okay, where's he at though? Their minor leagues or their taxi squad. He's not in like Huckleania. Because he's what? He's the German. He's the Czech. He's a little of both. He's Czech. I heard he's Czech. Yeah, but he played for Germany's national team. Yeah, that's fine. He could invade himself. That's you know what he is? He's the hockey equivalent of the Sudetenland. Sudetenland. I almost beat you to that. Uh, (laughs) Finally, uh, Ovechkin passed Phil Esposito for number six on the all-time goals list last night, which I like because it gets Espo's name out there. One of my favorite players as a kid. Could he catch Gretzky at number one? I was hoping you were going to ask me this. I've done the math on this. I think it's 50-50. It is close. Uh, he has, I think he's bound to fade a little bit. He's bound to fade, but he can also morph his game a little bit. You know, he can be that guy that, look, everyone knows what he does on the power play, but he also can do that at even strength, you know? And he can go to the front of the net, too, which, which to be honest, that's... The, you know what I love when he does? Hmm. I love when, when somebody mans up on him in the left circle in the power play. He just says, hell with it, I'm going I'm He going goes forward. to the net, takes yeah. the guy with yeah. him, and then the whole rink's open for his teammates. For everybody else. You know who did that? 66. Yep, exactly. I, I think he has to put in, for anybody who hasn't heard the math, he has to basically drop 30 goals a season for the next four or five years. He obviously has the ability and the will to do that. I also think that if it comes... He never gets hurt either. He never... He, well, wonder why. Uh, the way he's structured, you know. Uh, if, if you know what's funny, Washington I'll, I'll be will, blunt. I used to think he used PEDs, and because he never gets hurt, I know he doesn't. Yeah, well, there's that. He's he is uh, the kind of guy who is so important to the Washington franchise too. That Mark, you know what else I could see? I could see them setting things up for him to do that. Think about what kind of an attraction that is. That's a big, big deal for a I franchise. Exactly. That's Dejan Kovacevic. I'm Mark Madden. It's not time to ask Mark anything. 412-333-WXDX. And don't forget Dejan, that Toynbee thing. Resurrect the dead. I'm getting on that one, Madden. Resurrect dead on... If you don't, you'll be sorry you didn't. Resurrect dead on planet Jupiter. 105.9.